Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading Acts chapter 1 from the World English Bible. The first book I wrote, Theophilus, concerned all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day in which he was received up, after he had given commandment through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these he also showed himself alive, after he suffered, by many proofs, appearing to them over a period of forty days and speaking about God's kingdom. Being assembled together with them, he commanded them, Don't depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which you heard from me. For John indeed baptized in water, but you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, are you now restoring the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It isn't for you to know times or seasons which the Father has set within his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Sumeria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. When he had said these things, as they were looking, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. While they were looking steadfastly into the sky as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white clothing, who also said, You men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus, who was received up from you into the sky, will come back in the same way as you saw him going into the sky. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mountain called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. When they had come in, they went up into the upper room where they were staying, that is, Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. All these with one accord continued steadfastly in prayer and supplication, along with the women, and Mary the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. In these days Peter stood up in the middle of the disciples, and the number of names was about 120, and said, Brothers, it was necessary that this scripture should be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who was guide to those who took Jesus. For he was counted with us and received his portion in this ministry. Now this man obtained a field with the reward for his wickedness, and falling headlong, his body burst open, and all his intestines gushed out. It became known to everyone who lived in Jerusalem that in their language that field was called Akhel Dama, that is, the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his habitation be made desolate, let no one dwell in it, and let another take his office. 
Of the men, therefore, who have accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John to the day that he was received up from us, of these one must become a witness with us of his resurrection. They put forward two, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was also called Justice, and Matthias. They prayed and said, You, Lord, who know the hearts of all men, show which one of these two you have chosen to take part in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas fell away, that he might go to his own place. They drew lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was counted with the eleven apostles. That is the end of chapter 1. Though Luke is not mentioned by name here in the account, the title, according to Luke, was from very early times the title of what we now call the Gospel of Luke. So since the opening here to Theophilus references the Gospel of Luke, it seems reasonable to assign authorship of the Acts of the Apostles to Luke. The only Luke mentioned otherwise in Scripture is in Colossians 4.14 and 2 Timothy 4.11, both in Paul's letters as someone accompanying him. In Colossians 4.14, he is described as a physician, the beloved physician, and in 2 Timothy, he is the only person with Paul. So it makes a lot of sense that this would be the same Luke who wrote these things. Here, he emphasizes how thorough and verified his account in the gospel was. In the first few verses of Acts, they also overlap some with the end of Luke's gospel, particularly chapter 24, verses 49 through 52. And these particularly have to do with Jesus' ascension. Mark 16, 19 also briefly mentions what is called the ascension historically, but John 14, 28 1628 and 2017 are also places where Jesus is predicting it. We have another notable 40 here, the 40 days that Jesus appeared after his resurrection. These 40 days seem to mirror his 40 days of temptation, a different time of proving himself. Here he is proving that he is truly alive back from the dead. And verse 3 says he was still explaining things. It is interesting that his, the accounts of his life before the cross that we get in the Gospels tell us about his teachings and what he was saying in a more journalistic, historical format. And here, all we are told is that he explained things, and then we have to wait for the apostles' teaching. The promise of the Holy Spirit is mentioned to them three times here. In verse 4, it's called the promise of the Father, referring back to when Jesus mentioned it in John 14, 26, and John 16, both verses 7 and 13. And then in verse 5, they will be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and it's compared to the immersion and symbolism of water baptism. And then in verse 8, the Holy Spirit will give them power to proceed as directed. Yet they still don't seem to quite get it, as verse 6 indicates, and I can't blame them. They are still strongly anticipating his establishing his kingdom on earth. I don't think they finally understand that they're going to have a time without him, a waiting interval, until he ascends right in front of their eyes, which is why I think they stand there steadfastly, and I think that is why the two angels were sent to reassure them and to nudge them to get on with their mission. 
Verse 7 reminds me of Daniel 12, verses 7 through 13, where Daniel is told to not be concerned about not totally understanding what he is recording. He is supposed to get on his way with life, and then he will rest until his final inheritance. In verses 13 and 14 in this first chapter of Acts, we have a comparatively small group described, the inner core, if you will. Notice that it also includes the women first, and then it mentions Jesus, Jesus's mother Mary, and his brothers. It does my heart good to see that his brothers were believing. Also, the wording indicates that the women were also involved in the praying. Then as we move on to verse 15, the scene changes because now in those days he's talking, Peter is talking to about 120 men or people. Verse 15 almost seems like Peter is being impatient, not waiting for the Holy Spirit, who will even increase their understanding further. But what we do get is a corroboration of Judas's dying, which fulfilled prophecies that Jesus himself references in John 1318, where he quotes Psalm 41.9. The description of Judas's death here is more detailed than that of Matthew 27.5, where it talks about him hanging himself. It was when listening to Chuck Missler many years ago that I first was made aware of assumptions that have been made about the word hanged here. To be hanged simply means to be suspended from something. From ancient times, the description was used of multiple methods of doing this, which sometimes included being hung on the end of a spike, as was often done with the dead bodies of enemies after they were killed. To picture a noose here, a a rope noose, is inserting an American West anachronism into the text. Consider, for instance, that Jesus was hung on the cross, so that is to be suspended in a particular way. So it is completely understandable that if Judas ran the point of a sword into himself and he hung himself on it as it was understood, and he was disemboweled by that. Then, as Chuck Missler also suggests, it is interesting that God soon very specifically gets Saul turned into Paul's attention and asks him why he is resisting the truth of the gospel so hard. But the point here is that while Matthias seems to have been faithful, Paul stands out as an apostle to the Gentiles. Matthias is never mentioned again, but Paul is thrust into the limelight, even though he doesn't fit the qualifications that Peter offers, which makes some sense. But again, it is before they are given the Holy Spirit. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey. 